So today we're going to be finishing up our series that we have done on the Holy Spirit. And we've called this series, we've called it Third Person. And the reason that we called it Third Person is because we all need to understand that the Holy Spirit, look, he's not some wispy force, he's not a dove, he is a person. He's the third person of the Godhead. And sometimes we don't think of him as God, because we can relate to Jesus the Son, God the Father. Sometimes it's hard to relate to a spirit. And so what I, my endeavor has been is to paint a really clear picture of the Holy Spirit, that he's not weird, that he's, he's not a lot of those things, those excessive that maybe you've experienced or seen on TV, but he is my intimate friend, your intimate friend. In fact, 2 Corinthians 13, this has been our theme scripture. And in this scripture, Paul is writing to a church of believers. And he's saying, hey, look, I want for all of you to have all three parts of the Godhead. And he starts out by saying that he's praying for us that the amazing grace of Jesus be with us, that we would understand that. And listen, that is their way to the Father. The Bible says that there's one way to the Father, and that's Jesus. So you got to start there. And then also the extravagant love of God the Father. And then the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. That his role in my life, in your life, is supposed to be that of this intimate friend. He's called the helper. He's called our advocate, our counselor, and a friend. And all of that because he wants to have this close, intimate friendship with you. The Holy Spirit wants to be your intimate friend. Okay? Now, we also learned that the Holy Spirit, as a part of our friendship with him, is that he wants to speak to us. We found out that the Holy Spirit still speaks today. He wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. He wants to talk with you, and we talked about how to hear the voice of God. Then we talked about knowing him a little bit better, right? If he's going to be your friend, what's his personality? How does he operate? What is he like? And we found out that the word spirit and Holy Spirit, it's literally translated wind or breath. And so we know that wind and the Holy Spirit are invisible. You've got to be comfortable having an invisible friend, okay? He's unpredictable, that's his nature. And we also found out that wind and the Holy Spirit are very powerful, incredibly powerful. And Paul wanted us to have this intimate friendship with this invisible, unpredictable, but powerful God, the Holy Spirit. Now, because he's powerful and he lives on the inside of us, we talked about he comes with some benefits, all right, that the Holy Spirit would give us refreshing, that he would help us overcome our weaknesses, that we could walk in freedom, that we could operate in strength. And we talked about that there are spiritual gifts that he wants to use to strengthen the body of Christ. In fact, Paul actually said in 1 Corinthians 12, he said, hey, about spiritual gifts, everybody, I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to know about these things. He said, I want you to know about spiritual gifts. We believe uh, we don't believe that the spiritual gifts ceased when the apostles died. We don't find any biblical evidence for that. In fact, we find evidence in the Bible that it was to continue, that it was a promise and a gift that was a part of the work and the, and the Holy Spirit's work in the church. And a lot of people will refer to churches that believe that the gifts continued, spiritual gift continued, they'll call them Pentecostal or charismatic. And we believe that the gifts have continued. However, to be honest, I don't like those terms. 
And the reason I don't like those terms is because they've been tainted, all the connotations that come with those terms. Because, man, guys, there's been a lot of Pentecostal and charismatic churches that have done a lot of super weird stuff. All right? And so we are a church that believes that the gifts continue, though. In fact, my son Josiah, he was traveling with a friend up, the, up Capitol, and, and he said, hey, there's my church. And he said, what kind of church is it? And Josiah used the term. He said, it's a charismatic church. And he goes, oh, one of those churches. He said, what do you mean? He says, don't you guys handle snakes and stuff? I'm like, no, no, no. There's no snakes. You know, I guarantee you, there's not a snake in this building. If Melissa's in the building, there are no snakes in the building. Okay. Last but not least is the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a benefit, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay. My prayer for you, for me, for all of us is that we would get all of the Holy Spirit, as much of it, of him, as we can. Now, Paul also wrote Ephesians, and this is what Paul wrote in, in Ephesians. And this is my prayer for me, for you, for all of us. And that is that we be filled with the Holy Spirit. If God, if God is the Holy Spirit and he's supposed to be our instrument fin friend, we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So you can go back and catch up on all those messages on YouTube, our website, or our mobile app, okay? But today's the final installment of this series, and we're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what it is, what God says about it, who could actually have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and why would anybody want the baptism of the Holy Spirit? So we're going to get a little bit deep into the scriptures today, okay? The, uh, we're going to get into the supernatural gift, and we're going to get a little bit deep today. Is, you guys okay with that? You along for the ride? Right, good, because I was going to do it anyway. <laughs> Let me say this. There are a lot of misconceptions about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of fear. There's some anxiousness even now in the room as we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's because some churches and pastors have packaged the baptism of the Holy Spirit as this weird flaky thing. And just to be honest... The baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is supernatural. So anytime that there's anything that's supernatural that's beyond what is our, our natural understanding, then uh, we can get sideways. We've got to make sure that we're comfortable with the God kind of supernatural. What I want to do is I want to dig into the scriptures. I want to look at what does the Bible actually say about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what that might mean for you, for me, for us. And a lot of charismatic and Pentecostal traditions, traditional churches, they, a lot of them will try to make everybody else feel like second-class citizens. Like, we have the baptism and you don't have it. And that's not the heart of God at all, that any Christian would look down on other Christians. But it is a benefit. It's something that Jesus wanted his disciples to have. We'll discover that. And he wants us to have. And we'll discover that as well. So let's start with some questions. Why, did we, why would we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? First of all, it's because God designed you to live a spirit-empowered life. You were designed with a hole that the spirit of God fits in. And we were never designed to operate only in our own ability. He wanted us to live with power. He wants you to live with power, boldness, even signs and wonders. But somewhere along the way, the packaging of all that has actually turned people away from it. In, in fact, it's been a, an abuse and a misuse of it to where people are like, look, I don't want that stuff. And in, in honesty, I don't want any of that craziness either. But sometimes we throw in the baby out with the bathwater because God 
designed you, designed me to live a spirit-empowered life, not just our own ability. He designed us to operate in the spirit, the gifts of the spirit, signs and wonders. He actually wants to empower us. Why? Because the job he gave you and me, it's tough. He gave us a mission to go change the world. That's a big mission, to make a difference in the lives of people. And I can't do it just because I think I'm smart enough. We can't do it because we think we got it figured out. That we can explain Christianity better than other people can explain their religion. No. We need power to live our lives out. You do and I do. So what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? What does it entail in the Bible? Is that something that is available to us? Into that, uh, I just want to talk about the other types of baptism just to put baptism in the Holy Spirit kind of into Context, all right? There are three types of baptism. The word baptizo in the Greek, it just means to immerse, okay? If you're gonna immerse something, it's gonna be completely wet underwater. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, for we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body or into one body. So the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, we are baptized into the body of the church, or into faith. So the first type of baptism is salvation, where the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body. So the second type of baptism that we see is, is water baptism. It comes from Matthew 28 in, in one place where Jesus gives us that great commission we were talking about, where he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is how we baptize. So this is what we know as water baptism. And I want to show you those two different things to distinguish them from the baptism with the Holy Spirit, which is the third type of baptism. You guys with me? All right. So this is what the Bible calls the baptism with or in the Holy Spirit, the third kind. Now, the reason that we want to talk about this is it's very important to understand the differences between the first and the third. Sometimes people get confused between these. We understand water baptism. So the first baptism is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. What we're going to talk about today is the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And if we're not careful, we get these two mixed up uh, because you could say, hey, have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? In other words, the, Holy, the baptism the Holy Spirit performs into the body of Christ. And you could say, yes, when I was born again. But the Bible talks specifically, and I'm going to show you about a, sec, a third baptism of the baptism with the Holy Spirit. So we're going to go to Matthew chapter 3. This is John the Baptist talking about Jesus. And he's telling... John's telling his disciples, I baptized you with water for repentance. But after me comes one, speaking of Jesus, who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to carry. And he, talking about Jesus, is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, when he says fire, he's predicting the day of Pentecost. We'll talk about that in a minute. So he will baptize you with the Spirit. Now remember, in 1 Corinthians, where we started, it says by the Spirit we are baptized into the body or into Jesus. So number one, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body. 
And then in Matthew 11, he says, Jesus now baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. So these are two different baptisms, and they cannot be the same. Because the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body, whereas Jesus baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. Now, it's very clearly that these are two different baptisms. And Jesus wants to immerse us, completely surround us, completely filled with our intimate friend, the Holy Spirit. Who doesn't want that? So these are the three baptisms. Salvation. The, the Holy Spirit baptizing us into the body of Christ. That's your, when you're born again. And then water baptism. And with water baptism, this is where we baptize each other. Okay, A disciple baptizes a new disciple. And this is a very important part of your spiritual experience. And then uh, the, there is the baptism into the Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to show you these three baptisms in some other verses. All right. So... Acts chapter 1, this is the last thing that Jesus said right before he went into heaven. And he, he gave him this command. He says, guys, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. Now note the, the fact that this is a gift that has been promised, which you heard me talk about it. So Jesus has talked about this before. And then it says, for John baptized with water. That was the baptism for repentance, water baptism. But in a few days, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So we see the second two there. Right here is a great argument that people make. Well, Micah, maybe this isn't the second and the third one. Maybe this is being filled with the, baptized with the Holy Spirit. Maybe this was that first one, that salvation. And that's a really good question. And to answer that, we've got to go back in time from here and into John 20 which happened before Acts 1. And this is one of the times Jesus appeared to the disciples after he rose again. And it says that he shows up, he shows them his hands and his side, proving to them that he was the one that was crucified and he's risen again. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw him. And Jesus said, peace will be with you. And then he says this, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. In other words, I've trained you for three years. I've taught you how to make disciples. Now it's your turn. And with that, he breathed on them. Interesting that he breathed on them, the breath, and said, receive the Holy Spirit. This is where we know that the disciples were born again. Well, weren't they saved when they walked with Jesus? No, because their sin hadn't been paid for yet. This is where they received the Holy Spirit, first baptism, salvation. This is where the Holy Spirit baptized them into the body. This was their salvation experience. So if they had already received the Holy Spirit here and they already had it here, then we go to Acts 1 later on and he says, hey, wait for the promise that my Father has for you. And not many days, he says, not many days from now, you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, the experience of receiving the Holy Spirit. Salvation is totally different than the baptism that Jesus said, wait for, there's something else coming. So he says, wait. For the promise, you're going to be baptized. There's going to be another level. There's going to be another baptism. And this is what happened on the day of Pentecost. They left here. They went to the upper room. They were praying. Tongues of fire show. A wind starts blowing around the room. Tongues of uh, fire show up. They end up splitting up and on the disciples. They, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were speaking tongues. Peter stands up, pray, preaches a message to thousands of people. And, they, and a ton of them get saved. It says, when 
when they heard this, after Peter preached, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter, what do we do? What do we do? And watch what Peter does. He talks about these three baptisms. He says, repent, one, and be baptized, two. So repeat, repent, salvation, baptized, water baptism for the remission of sins. And then every one of you in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive, after that, you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So notice, these are the three baptisms. So you're saved, you're water baptized, and then there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, remember, Jesus said, wait for the promise of the, of the Father. And there are a lot of people that'll say, well, this was just for these people on the day of Pentecost. Peter's talking to specific people, and that's just for them. But remember, Jesus said, wait for the promise. The promise shows up, they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and then Peter preaches this to them. But watch this. Peter, still speaking to them, says, for the promise, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is for you and your children, and watch this, and for all who are afar off, for all whom the Lord God will call. Hey, guys, that's us. He's very clear about that, that it doesn't stop here. It keeps going. But notice, three baptisms. What do we do? He said, repent, be saved, be baptized in water, and then receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father. So then we go to later on in Acts, the history of the New Testament church. Philip, one of the disciples, he goes and he preaches and see if you see these three baptisms again. When they believed Philip, so there's salvation as he proclaimed the good news. So he's preaching the good news. They believed um, in the kingdom and God in the name of Jesus Christ. And then they were baptized, both men and women. So we've got first baptism, they were born again, then they were baptized. And then when the apostles who were in Jerusalem, back at the home office in Jerusalem, they heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God. They had been saved. They sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they had arrived, they just celebrated with them because they had everything that they needed. Because we've been told. That's all we need. That's water baptism. That's it. You're saved and you're water baptized. But that's not what it says. I made that up. <laughs> no. They came and they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Well, I thought they already had the Holy Spirit. They'd been saved. Why would Peter and John, disciples or apostles, make this trip to pray for people who, to receive the Holy Spirit who had already received the Holy Spirit? It's because it's two different things. And then he goes on and he explains it. Why did he pray for them? So that the whole, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them, they had simply got saved and been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay? So then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. It's very clear. So for you, if you have received Jesus... As your Savior, you believe that he's the Son of God. He rose from the dead. You surrender your life to him. You open your heart to him. You surrendered, and you said, God, I want your life. I'll give you my life. And so you receive that. Well, if you've done that and you have surrendered your life to him, you're a follower of Christ. And so the very next step that you will follow is to be water baptized. And so that's all through the scriptures. Even Jesus modeled it for us. So if you received him and you, and you 
surrendered your life and you took the next step in water baptism, I have the question, why would we want to just stop there if it's two out of three? Why would we not want everything that, that God has for us? Why would we not want as much of our intimate friend as we can get? A lot of times it's because we think we've already received everything we're going to get when we receive Jesus and we surrender to him. And I understand when we get saved, the Holy Spirit does come and live on the inside of you. But what Jesus wants to do is immerse you to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. So moving through Acts, there's another place in chapter 10 where the Gentiles, they're different than the Jews, so they also get baptized, and it's very similar to this. And then let's skip to uh, the next place in Acts 19. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul took the road through the inner uh, interior and arrived at this place called Ephesus. And in Ephesus, Paul there found some disciples, so they're already born again. Right, so they already have the first baptism, the holy, the, um, the salvation. But watch what Paul asks. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Was Paul confused? I mean, if you got all the Holy Spirit that you were going to get when you believed, why would Paul ask, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? In other words, did anybody tell you about the third baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Now, how do we know he's talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, they answered, we hadn't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. We don't know what you're talking about. So they baptized them uh, in, into the repentance of Jesus, but they didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. They just knew that Jesus had died and rose again for their sins. So Paul's going to dig in a little bit more, and he said, so then what baptism did you receive? And they said, John's baptism. And Paul said, John's baptism was the, was the baptism of repentance. And so he, so he tells them, yes, you are, you are saved. And he, John told people that to believe in the one that was coming after him, and that is Jesus. And on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they're talking about what happened when they were baptized. It's kind of a, a history. So evidently, these people believed in Jesus. They repented of their sin, born again, and then they were baptized. And then when Paul, at this point, he lays hands on them, and then the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. You see the pattern. They got saved. They got water baptized. And then they got that baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's all through the book of the Acts. Acts 1, Acts 8. We talked about Acts, uh, Acts 10 and then Acts 19. So I want to give you a summary of what these three baptisms do in our life. Number one, when we get born again, we become a new person. When I get baptized in water, the old person is cut off. And when we're baptized in the Spirit, we get the power to actually walk in our new life. It, that's the complete work. So it's obvious that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, in addition to the Holy Spirit baptizing you into Jesus, that both of these are biblical and that they're two different, uh, two different things. Now, there are extremes when we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. One extreme is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit passed away, cessationism. Look, we don't get this problem. Even though Peter said, you know, that this is for you, your children, and those who are far off, even though he said that, you don't get that. Even though Jesus called it a promise of the Father, there are people that teach that you don't get this promise. You can have other ones, you don't get this one. 
And some, to an extreme on the other side, will even, uh, or on that same side, will teach that it's demonic even. On the other extreme, people will say, you're not really saved if you don't have all three of these. And that's an extreme as well, because you can give your life to Christ, you can surrender your life to him, and if you are surrendered to him, you'll do the next step that he asks you to do, which is water baptism. And, but water baptism is not salvation, Okay, that's not when you get saved because, the, because there is nothing you could do to earn salvation. You can't earn salvation by being baptized. You are baptized because you surrender your life to Christ, and that's the next thing he tells you to do. All right? So you can surrender your life to Christ and never receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you are still a child of God born again, loved by him. And so you don't need to feel any kind of pressure that anybody would ever put on you if you're not baptized with the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you why being baptized in the Holy Spirit is so valuable. If you remember, Jesus told his disciples, he said, hey, guys, I'm leaving the Great Commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He says, I want you guys to go do that. But then he says, but don't do it yet. Don't go anywhere yet because I'm going to give you a gift, a promise from the Father that's going to help you to empower you to accomplish your life's mission, the Great Commission. And we see an example of this, especially in, in this Peter. Now, Peter was one of Jesus' disciples. He was one of the 12, and he was a total wreck. He was a constant mess. Like Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and I'm going to be crucified so I can pay for the sins. He's trying to explain it to his disciples. And Peter pops up and goes, no, 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 you can't do that. Let me coach you, Jesus. That's not the way it's going to happen. And Jesus has to say to him, to Peter, he says, get behind me, Satan. Like, ouch. Peter's the one that says, Jesus, I'll never leave you and forsake you. Everybody else might, but I'll never leave you. And then hours later, literally hours later, Jesus has been arrested and is potentially going to be killed. And this little girl comes to him and says, hey, didn't I see you with Jesus? And he was like, nope, not me. No. Even three times he denied. He says, nope, don't know him. And then on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came and baptized them, Peter, this same man, stands up and he preaches to a crowd of thousands and says, you crucified him and you need to repent. An incredible boldness and incredible strength, but he was incredibly articulate where people responded. He was able to preach to thousands of people and 3,000 people get saved that day. This is the same guy, an incredible transformation. This is the transformation of endowment with power that God wants for all of us. And it's available to all of us. So the question becomes, how far do you want to go with God? Or how much of the Holy Spirit do you want? Jesus told his disciples, go into all the world, make disciples. This is why you exist, is to make sure that other people know me. But wait, wait, wait. Before you do that, you need to wait for the power, the promise of the Father, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which begs the question, how? How are we baptized with the, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit? So here's what we're going to do. This is the last Sunday morning session of this series, third person. But what we're going to do is we're going to have a bonus session this coming first Wednesday. And what I'm going to talk about is how to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
And I'm going to go more in depth into this third baptism and what all that entails. And we're going to pray with people like they did in the Bible to be, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to talk ex- about how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how to pray in the Spirit. So if that's something that you are interested in or maybe you're just curious, there's not going to be any pressure uh, for anybody. But if you're cur- curious about that, then come this coming Wednesday uh, at 7 o'clock, and, and we'll do that. And so this is the final session of this series called Third Person. Have you guys enjoyed getting to know the Holy Spirit? Yeah? It's been good. It's been good. Well, I want to let you know that next week we are starting a new series, and we're calling it Cadence. And the reason that we're calling it Cadence is because I, uh, we see within our, uh, within our communities and even within us and, to be honest, within me, this sense of uh, constant rush and constant hurry. That how many of you just sometimes you just feel, I, I wish the world would just slow down a little bit. I wish I could have another couple hours a day. I wish I could have another day a week. Yeah, so I don't think I'm the only one. And let me just be, can I be transparent with you as your pastor? Asking me to talk about slowing down is like asking Hugh Hefner to talk about purity. <laughs> I'm learning along with you guys here. So I'm going to be teaching uh, as the Holy Spirit is kind of teaching me. And I've got a, I've got a book that, that my son gave me that just rocked my world. I'm going to be sharing a lot of that with you. But next week, we're, sh- we're starting this series. We're calling it Cadence, Walking in the Rhythms of God. And I think that there is a place in our lives where we can still be productive and yet we can live a, a, a life that's paced correctly to where we can receive refreshment and rest. How about it? Is that all right? We'll start that next week. Well, good. Well, will you stand with me?